Can Jarvis Landry turn it around in time for fantasy owners? Is Lamar Jackson a must-start for owners who waited on quarterback this week? And in what order would the rookie receivers go in a dynasty draft now? Plus, the 14th place team owner in the Football Guys Players Championship, John Mayers, joins us to tell you what to do with A.J. Green if he's active, how good Cameron Brait will be without O.J. Howard, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Once upon a time, not long ago, when people wore pajamas and lived life slow, where laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to good. There lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he wrote. Me and you tonight, we're going to make some cash, robbing old folks and making the dance. They did the job, money came with ease But one couldn't stop, it's like he had a disease He robbed another and another and a sister and a brother Tried to rob a man who was as easy undercover The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting erratic Broadcast live and heard around the world You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour Presented by MyFFPC.com With your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Shot for the head, he shot back, but he missed up. Looked around good and from expectations, he decided he'd hit for the subway station. But she was coming and he made a left. He was running top speed till he was out of breath. Knocked an old man down and swore... Thanks so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all of you balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, The Dizzle. Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, does Amari Cooper need to be in your starting lineup every week going forward? And John Maris talks about his 14th place Football Guys Players Championship team, whether Aaron Jones will have another blow-up game the rest of the way, and much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you all might have right inside there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFO or at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. Facebook.com slash HSFF hours where to reach us there. 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OBA. If you want to uh, hop on the blower, give us a call and uh, pick our brains tonight. Do you uh, want to email the show? Highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com is where to send those. Uh, if you have any questions for us, now's the time to send them. Uh, we'll try to get to all of uh, the questions, the tweets, uh, everything in the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Our producer and mutual friend is Rob. Our audio engineer is, of course, Bryce. I want to remind everybody, if you have not gotten a chance, because I know it was a busy holiday, uh, new high-stakes lowdown with Tom Greenwald, who has a top 100 main event team and a former two-time Football Guys Players Championship regular season points winner. Uh, you can check that podcast out, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Check it out on the Spreaker channel as well for the uh, Rotoviz high stakes load on some good stuff in there um, about, um, you know, sort of managing your team through the playoffs and um, uh, how Tom is, is in the thick of it now after being so close many times in the FPC, he's very close in the FFPC main event. Dave, how was your Thanksgiving? Did you have a good time, sir? Yeah, I'm right here. You don't have to yell. I'm sorry. I'm very excited tonight. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. Uh, It was good though. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Was it was it a just a sort of run of the mill Thanksgiving for you? Did you do anything special this year? Well, we hosted it, which was unusual, so that was uh, an experience. I actually started helped a little bit. <laughs> like helped with the cooking? 
Yeah, I mashed up some potatoes and stirred a few things. Here Good for there. you. Yeah. Absolutely. Who did the turkey? Or uh, was it turkey? Did you guys have something else? We turkey and ham. My wife did most of it, but, you know, I helped lift the turkey into various things and pull it out of various other things. Ah, I also, that's uh, man's work right there. Yeah, I was the one who stuffed my hand into the, you know, that pulling out the entrails and gizzards and other, you know, parts. Because no one else was man enough and to do you, it, so someone had to be the man you, to do it. So. And you candied those up, fried them up, and that was dessert. Yeah, no one ate those. I figured as much. Uh, let's get to uh, tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. He's been playing fantasy football for 17 years. Primarily plays in Dynasty Leagues and FanDuel right now, but he did place fourth in the Grand Playoffs last year in the SDWC. He also won the Constellation Playoffs 12 years ago in the AFFL. And had he won Week 13 in his individual league, he would have won $40,000 in the grand playoffs there while he plays in numerous leagues a year. This is his first year in the Football Guys Players Championship, and with his lone team in the contest, he sits in 14th place overall with league playoffs underway. Please welcome into the high-stakes fantasy football our Mr. John Maris. John, a belated happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. Uh, we're very thankful here for you coming on the show tonight. Yeah, can you hear me okay? You are coming through A-OK, my friend. All right. Thanks for having me. Well, we're, we're very excited for you to, uh, to be on the show. And I believe, now correct me if I'm wrong. Now, I don't know if you know this, John, but we do this show right in the Fox Valley here in Wisconsin. And you are probably just right down the road from us. You also live in the Fox Valley, do you not? Yep. Yeah, we live in uh, Appleton. Right in Appleton, Dave. How about that? That's why the connection's so crystal clear tonight. We're literally one minute away from each other. He doesn't seem to have the, the creepy uh, UP accent like we do. No, yeah. I mean, what's, what's the deal? You have a normal voice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's wrong. Must be from somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, well, well listen, I actually grew awkward. up in. Uh, I grew up in Nina. Oh, there oh, you go. Yeah, that's like 15 minutes south. That's why. That's it. That's that. The cutoff is Menasha, Dave. And like when, yeah. once you get down yeah. to Nina, then then your your accents say okay. That's the way it uh, that's the way it always works. Well, that's awesome that we're having a a fellow uh, Fox Valleyer on the show tonight. Very excited to talk to you, John. We're going to get into the uh, Football Guys Players Championship uh, where you have a 14th place team overall. But before we get to that, can you tell the listeners what you do for a living? Yeah, I do outside sales. Do you have any um, questions on? Because Dave, you are a big uh, you're into sales. You love sales. Sales are big for you. I like buying things. Too. You like buying things. Maybe John could sell you something. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's I don't a, have any specific sales questions. That's fine. I just figured, you know, tis the season. I thought you might have something there. But that's okay. Did you have any Black Friday sales? There you go. One question, John. How about that? Yeah. No, I, I didn't get permission from my wife to go to Black Friday. So. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't want to either. Permission. No, I didn't want to either. <laughs> Good yeah, for you, man. Did. I remember a couple of years, not to make the story too long, but I remember seeing a Best Buy out a few years ago, and it was like for a TV, and we were kind of in the market for one. It was like $1,700. bucks. i am like, oh, that you know, seems like a good deal. I went online and looked on, I don't know, some stupid other website, and I could buy the same TV for about $100 more, around, around the same price. Right. And people were lining up at 3 o'clock to the save day bucks. Yeah, like you're going to spend 12 hours, and you're making like $6 an hour. Anyway, it's totally ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, John, glad you didn't line up at 3 a.m. Let's talk football. You went wide receiver heavy in your 14th place team's draft before then hitting on some pretty big difference makers at running back later, including Nick Chubb, uh, Connor, Yeldon, and Lindsey off the waiver wire. Given that this is your first ever football guys draft, is that sort of your strategy going in, or did you kind of more or less luck out uh, you know, with later players? Yeah, I mean, my, my approach, I do a lot of mock, uh, you know, a bunch of mock drafts 
leading up, usually trying to plan out my first three to four picks, and then from there uh, go best available. Uh, so, yeah, I did end up going, you know, Melvin Gordon in the first round. Second round went Devontae Adams. Third round, Kenyon Drake. Uh, that was a mistake, you know, as he is uh, pretty inconsistent week to week. But, um, yeah, I was fortunate. Later on in the draft, you know, there were a lot of handcuffs that were available uh, that I was pretty surprised about. Uh, so really, really hit on some of the later round picks. I, you know, one, one of my big regrets this year, and I haven't really talked about it on the show uh, so much, is that I, I didn't get James Conner in, in enough leagues. And I got him in a couple of spots, which have been great. But when you look at um, the way that the, the, the running back situation is unfolding in the offseason, I really think, um, especially with what Le'Veon Bell did this year, we really need to take a harder look at um, running backs with potential issues coming into the season and um, on elite offenses and guys who have obvious handcuffs behind them. And, and I think all this was staring us in the face and, and, you know, John smart guys like you gobbled up James Conner. I wish I would have got him in more spots and I'll definitely be uh, changing um, the, uh, the, the way I look at that in the off season. But you know, for what it's worth, I mean, you, you also had a couple of guys that, that I hit on, too. With, you know, Nick Chubb I had in a lot of leagues. Well, Phil, on a lot of guys. Phil, Phil Lindsay. But I'm telling you, this approach, <laughs> this approach of going, especially in this format, this approach of going wide receiver heavy and then hitting on these, you know, especially if you go zero RB and then hitting on these running backs in the mid rounds. Tevin Coleman is another example. Um, a guy who, by the way, did not play well last night. Still got yeah, one point seven points, and then he scrubbed up a right, touchdown. Right, exactly. Eight. Yeah, it's garbage. Yeah, but he, but he still but he still got it done for you yeah. as as, as a, a second running back. So I think that's something that I mean, just on a personal note, just so everybody's aware, I, I will be doing this next year just to <laughs> let everybody know. All right, let's get back to John. One of your receivers on his team, Jarvis Landry, he was awesome in in September, even our early October, he was doing very very well. But he's really been hit or miss outside of a, a big-time week seven since then. What are your expectations on whether he can turn this around over the next five weeks and, and really be a, a valuable asset to, to teams in the playoffs, John? Yeah, well, I, I think for my team, you know, he is my second wide receiver. Uh, yes, I do think he, he can turn it around. I mean, it's obviously getting more targets, getting more involved with the offense. Uh, I think game flow is going to be a big thing. Um, you know, hopefully they can uh, – start throwing the ball much more, but, you know, I think his floor, you know, realistically week to week could be, you know, five catches, 70 yards, but he's got, you know, the Bengals twice, you know, coming up. Uh, he's got the Panthers, Broncos, Bengals in the playoffs or the fantasy playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, I think he can bounce back. It's just a matter of, you know, game script and, and uh, you know, get, getting the necessary looks. That is a nice thing, Dave, about Jarvis Landry is, is he's going to, you know, even in bad weeks, he's going to get targets. He should get volume. He's, you know, we, we talk about we don't like accumulators all that much at running back, but at receiver, we'll gobble up that fantasy goodness because uh, those, those, those PPR targets are always, uh, always money for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have the targets, yeah. what can you really count on? Yeah, no, I'm totally go right. Ahead, go ahead, John, you want to say? Yeah, I mean, sometimes with the Browns, I mean, they go with two or three tight end sets, and... You know, they have Njoku and, and uh, you know, Devolve, and I forgot the other guys. I think Daniel Fells. But, you know, I think when you have maybe two wide receiver sets and you have Callaway on the other side or on the same side, you know, sometimes it's, you know, on, on the defensive side, makes it a little bit easier to, uh, 
you know, cover the, the wide receivers if you have if it's just not four or five wide. That's true. That's always annoying when you have one wide receiver and they're all of a sudden they're going five wide. Yeah. Like, Where the hell is he? Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's frustrating. It was a little bit annoying with Ridley last night. I was trying to find him. And a couple of times, like you were mentioning, um, Ridley wasn't out there. It would be Sanu and uh, Julio on the two receiver sets. I'll tell you what, what the worst was, was the Bears game, trying to pick out Allen Robinson between him and Bellamy and Miller. I mean, all those guys, and they all have like single digit, or uh, not single digit, they all, they all have numbers in the teens. Yeah, right. So if you're only seeing one half of their jersey, it's like, well, which guy is it? You know, well, Alan Robinson was so terrible too with his two catches. So it was like, where, where is he? I have a great Alan Robinson story. I'm not going to share it right now because I want to. I want right, to talk yeah. to John more. But remind me before the end of the show because I think right. everybody else will like yes, it. Please, give, we'll, we'll, oh, it's yeah, a great I'd story. I'd like to hear that too. Well, I'll, 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 I'll tell you what. I'll share it right now as long as we have John on. Um, we'll run you longer. So I was setting my lineups on Thanksgiving morning, and um, I was over at my grandmother's house, and I thought it was her spotty Wi-Fi that was causing me all these issues trying to set these lineups. And you were yelling at her? I, went, I, wasn't, Damn it, I, was, I wasn't, ye- I wasn't yelling at anyone. I was trying to hole up by myself, and I um, w- um, was, you know, it was getting very frustrating because I didn't know if I get all my lineups in in time. And finally, I'm kind of realizing, you know, it's like 15 minutes before lineups. Like, I got like seven leagues left. And, and I'm, I'm like hitting refresh, nothing. So I called, it was Kentucky lineups. So I called our friend, Commissioner Farrell Elliott, and I, I explained the situation to him. And he's like, well, we're, you know, we had some issues earlier. We, we're going to get this taken care of for you right now. And then, of course, just then, I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, it, it's, it's, I was literally setting the lineup for, oh, my goodness, my team name, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so I, I was like, you know, it's working now. I, I think I'm all good. And he's like, all right, thanks. Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. I said, hey, same to you. So then with about three minutes to go, I'm looking, you know, Triquan Smith is questionable. And on three of these teams, my next best option is Allen Robinson. I probably should look at benching Smith just in case he misses tonight because I didn't think there's a huge difference between him and Robinson. So I'm like, all right, so I'll go back in. Of course, I start having problems again. Well, I'm not going to call Farrell with like three minutes to go. So I'm just like furiously setting him. And I, and I clicked on my, my satellite clock. When I fixed the last Allen Robinson for Traquan Smith, I, I, I am not kidding, five seconds before the lineup's locked, I got the last one in. And Traquan Smith, I mean, granted, it was only like a six-point difference, but Smith? Smith was inactive oh, okay. on, on Thursday night. So I was really, And if I end up winning one of these semifinals by like six like points, 5.7? Then, then, yeah, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll definitely be thrilled. Anyway, that's my story. Maybe it wasn't as great as I thought it was. It, it certainly well, won't Robinson be. Didn't crush it, it. Well, he didn't crush it, but I'm just telling you, I'm saying like the difference between like 5.7 or whatever and, and winning yeah. the game. And, and I'll tell you what, in two of those leagues, I'm, my, my opponent has Melvin Gordon in both leagues too. So he maybe, it, and it could, it could come down to it. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Let's talk about Sony Michelle. All right, speaking of running backs, you have a great one, John, on your, uh, your 14th place team. According to a little birdie, Sony Michelle is on your bench playing against the Jets this weekend, laying 10 points in a 51 over under. You know, the Patriots are going to be kicking the living crap out of the Jets, but you're benching Sonny Michelle. He doesn't catch a ton of passes necessarily because James White does that. So explain that a little bit. What do you, what's your thought process there? And how difficult was it to sit Sonny Michelle? Yeah, well, that one is still a, kind of a coin flip for me. Uh, you know, I have James Conner. I'm um, starting him, starting Melvin Gordon, uh, starting Nick Chubb, you know, because Cincinnati has, I think, the worst rush defense in the NFL. Uh, but basically, I'm, I'm, I'm deciding between Philip Lindsay and Sony Michelle uh, right now, um, you know, I think with Sony, you know, I think that, you know, if the Patriots are able to get ahead and he's, you know, healthy and they don't put Cordero Patterson as the, the running back, you know, I think he could, uh, you know, easily, you know, easily have, you know, 100 yards, 
you know, hopefully one or two touchdowns unless they at the one yard line, I think two weeks ago, they gave it to James Devlin. And, uh, you know, I think it was from a yard out, but yeah, that's a tough one. I Patriots are sometimes a, a tough team to figure out. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot of playmakers. There's playmakers on top of Brady. You have Edelman, sometimes Brock, he's not been doing great this year, but uh, there's a lot of people to throw to Josh Gordon. You still have James White and you have Michelle. So there's so many ways to score. Uh, actually, the over under is 47, so 28 and a half is the anticipated points that the uh, Patriots are going to score. And then the, the other game is uh, Pittsburgh's minus three and 47. So that game could turn into a shootout. Big Ben on the road just seems like he's always getting it done. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of points scored next. I, I think this year, like he, he sort of bucked the whole hashtag Road Ben uh, argument. Um, but man, in years past, I don't know what it is if that guy. He was zero last week, and they scored like 26. Yeah, the I mean, like, it's just I, they need to ship his bed from Pittsburgh to wherever they're playing, and maybe if he slept in his own bed, he would, he would, you know, we, we could kind of rid ourselves of this nonsense. Maybe he shouldn't go to the strip clubs on the road as much. Well, I mean, may, maybe he's going to the strip clubs at home, and he's not going to them on the road. <laughs> he, you don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Better for him. What he needs to do is replicate whatever he's doing in Pittsburgh. I think, that's, I think that's the key. We're talking with John Mayers here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. John has the 14th place team in the Football Guys Players Championship with the league playoffs underway thanks to the Thanksgiving games yesterday. Uh, you find out, let's say, and I'm, you know, again, we got some more information on this uh, later this afternoon, but A.J. Green's officially questionable. He has not practiced all week, John. If you find out on Sunday morning that despite all that, Cincinnati is going to list him as active, he's going to be in the lineup, are you playing him with everything on the line, or are you looking elsewhere for production at wide receiver other than Green? Yeah, I think that, I think last year, you know, he had five catches for about 66 yards and a touchdown, and then uh, I think five for 63 against the Browns. So for me, you know, I, I depending upon who else you have, uh, I would try to, you know, keep him out of your lineup. Uh, for me personally, I mean, that's what I would do, especially with the Browns having Denzel Ward. But, um, yeah, I think that'll be a tough matchup. Uh, you never know if his injury could flare up in the game. Uh, so depending upon what, options you have, uh, I would, you know, if there's something better out there that has a great matchup, go for it. Dave, I think I know your opinion on this. You are a sitting A.J. Green, if he, even if he is active. If you, I don't even think you own him anywhere. I don't own him anywhere, but if he's active, I mean, he's a, you know, he's, he's a superstar player. You almost but, have to play him. But without playing all week with Denzel Ward? Well, did he practice? He didn't practice He today. did not practice today. He's not going to play. It doesn't really matter. Okay. All right. It kind of sucks to have Boyd going in a few spots, and Boyd is not a guy. Boyd, Boyd needs you'd Green. You'd rather you'd rather have – you'd rather start – but, I mean, you're still playing Boyd even if yeah, Green. Yeah, most likely. I mean, I'm not going to bench him. It's one of those things. I got you. All right. Uh, so, fair enough. Let's talk about uh, – move on and, and to my boy. Yeah, Balky's boy, Shane. Seamus Winston. Seamus Winston is back, a quarterback for the Bucks, not taking Uber. He's riding with – O.J. Howard's out for the year. Cameron Brady. Maybe he's yellow. Playing. He might be yellow capping it. For, I mean, like, maybe Lyft got wind of what he pulled in the Uber and they banned him, too. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. You know, if you get banned on Twitter, you usually get banned on Facebook. That's how the, like, the... the that's how the bots work? That's how, well, that's how the conservatives get banned all the time. All right, well, let's not bring that I'm just in. just telling you. Right, fair enough. Anyways, Cameron Brady, top 10 tight on the rest of the way for you, John. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, easily. Uh, for me, you know, O.J. Howard, Howard was... I think seventh going into the, the season, depending upon scoring format. But, you know, I think he's got some, some decent matchups coming up. I know they play the Saints. Saints do a good job against the, the tight ends, so that'll be a tough one. 
Uh, Ravens, that'll be tough as well. Uh, you know, Cowboys, he's got some tough matchups, but they don't have anybody else. Uh, I also think that uh, Jameis felt like last year he kind of leaned on Braid over O.J. Howard at times. So, yeah, I have him as a top ten uh, moving forward just based on volume alone. Yeah, and I like – I mean, I think the Niners matchup this week is good. He gets Carolina at home next week. I think that's also solid uh, as well. You know, the thing of it is, it's like – you know, and we talked about this even when Jameis Winston was, was coming into the pros, that he loved throwing the Nick O'Leary at Florida State. He's always had this connection with Cameron Braid. Obviously, no O.J. Howard to gum up the works right now. So, if you uh, – and, and, and the other thing that we didn't really talk about too much um, is – the tight end landscape is so bad right now that, I mean, Cameron Braid is probably a, an upgrade for 60, 70, maybe even 80% of the teams um, out there right now if they were able to get him uh, or keep him on their roster this whole time. He wasn't out there in a whole lot of leagues, especially in the FFPC format. Uh, but certainly he's going to be a big-time upgrade and a good flex uh, going forward uh, as well as if you already have, you know, Ertz or Kelsey or somebody like that, Dave. I just want to remind everybody that Cameron Braid on March 12, 2018, signed a 60-year, $41 million contract extension. Six I think years. that's insane yeah. for a backup tight end. Yeah. But he's getting paid like a starter, so you should darn well produce like one. And this was, this was what, like um, 15 months after they had drafted O.J. Howard? Yeah. They signed him to that? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That is, that is pretty that's crazy. That's for a major from Harvard. That's the type of contract you're on. Well, listen, maybe he, he might have negotiated himself. I you hope never, he did. I hope he never know. Well, no offense, Farrell. <laughs> yes, Farrell's listening, yeah. Uh, give us, uh, John, your scouting report on somebody who is basically kind of little known uh, up until this past week, uh, Ravens running back Gus Edwards. Did you bid heavy on him in any of your leagues uh, on Wednesday night? And uh, how good do you think he's going to be the rest of the way for fantasy owners? Yeah, I actually did not uh, bid heavy on him. Uh, I think that you know, with the production that he had, he, you know, he was playing against the Bengals. You know, if you watch any of the tape, you know, some of the holes were fairly large. So, you know, I thought he was able to. But I think he's more of a north-south runner. Uh, I don't think he offer, is going to offer too much in, in PPR, uh, personally. Um, but, yeah, I, I did not bid on him. And I, I think when you look at coming up here, you know, they have the Falcons, Chiefs, Bucks, Chargers. Those are all good offenses, uh, but also – some of them are fairly suspect on, on defense, but I think some of those games could even, you know, get out of hand, uh, even though, you know, the Ravens have a good defense themselves. But um, I, yeah, personally, I'm not a, I am, I did not bid highly uh, on him. And uh, I think he, he could do well, but I also think Alex Collins is not going anywhere as well as Buck Allen. That was my next question is, is if you owned Alex Collins after what you saw last week, what Edwards did, what Collins did, are you is there are you given any pause when you think about oh do I do I start Alex Collins this week am I worried about the volume how do how do you handle Alex Collins going forward believing what you do about Gus Edwards? Yeah, I I mean I think you you kind of handle Alex Collins the entire year. Uh, if you have better options out there, play him or play them. Uh, just because I don't think he's had the volume. I mean he's had a couple good games, but he's also had some games where. You know, like I said, if you have other options out there, uh, I would go for that because that that is looking at a committee, and I think that you know moving forward, especially if one, I mean, it'll help when Flacco comes back, uh, if uh, you know, that'll open up the offense, especially with uh, some of the teams they're coming up against. But um, I, I I try to avoid at this point because I actually have Alex Collins on a couple of my dynasty teams 
uh, picked him up as a free agent, I want to say a year or two ago. And, um, yeah, I, I am not starting him at all this weekend. Ravens obviously get the Raiders this week. In league championship week, they will go to Atlanta to play the Falcons, and then in the sprint, they're at the Chiefs at home against the Bucks, and then they go to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. So that is the schedule you're looking at if you are a Gus Edwards owner or an Alex Collins owner, Dave. Yeah, I mean, my opinion on that is, first of all, this is a lot of times you get these owners that are cheap assets throughout the entire season. Right. And they sit there with their money left, and they're hoping for a dream, and they finally got it. They got their Gus Edwards. So you spent your 400 bucks. Congratulations. You waited all this time to get them. Right. But, you, you know, they, the coach didn't say any. Harvard didn't say it. Like, hey, Edwards is the guy this time. He right. said he came out, he did great, this and that. And you don't really know for sure how he's going to use it. What if Edwards fumbles right away on a second or third carry, which could happen? Or is the guy lightly used? He could get injured pretty quickly or easily. Or, definitely not start Collins, but I wouldn't feel too confident starting Edwards. I mean, I know right. he's the guy to start up between the two, but I wouldn't feel that great about it. And, and like John said, how much of it was the fact that, that the, these holes were just, you know, flat out wide open uh, right. against Cincinnati, who, by the way, is on pace to be one of the worst defenses in, in NFL history this year, too. I mean, there's something to be said for that. Anyway, moving on. All right. <laughs> John, any final comments on, on that one, John, on Edwards? No, no, I agree. I mean, I, I think All right. you know, it's a little curious. I mean, I actually like Alex Collins as a runner. I, I think he runs hard. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why he got I – don't, I don't even remember what he, what he got for carries. But um, I know it wasn't significant. But, yeah, I'm, I'm leery on, on uh, Baltimore running backs right now. Fully agree, except for Lamar Jackson, who's I, the best one of the day. I, I, you know, I was just going to say, I, I, I don't know what he got for carries either, but I can tell you the leading guy who got the most carries for Baltimore last week was Lamar Jackson. All right, this is your first season, John, in the Football Guys Players Championship. Did anything surprise you at all or stand out, other than the, you know, the terrible commissioners that you probably had for your draft? <laughs> um, yeah. actually, as far as other owners handling the draft and or blind bidding? Yeah, th- there was a, a commissioner that we had that actually – I think I texted before the draft because I noticed the 920 area code. And, uh, yeah, I thought he was quite rude and horrible commissioner. And, yeah, yes. I, I don't know if I'll be doing uh, FFPC next year uh, because of Good that, job, because Bobby. of my experience. Yeah. That could be either one. Honestly, um, this is, what we call John's opinion here is the 99%. And uh, right. he, he, is, he is in a long line of people that uh, – are uh, are just fed up with myself, Bryce, and all the other yahoos that are yeah. are handling these drafts. No, I, I think you're, it was you're, you're, so. Oh, I, well, I there you go. That yeah, I, no, I was I was just kidding, but uh, <laughs> but no, I, I I thought the draft was was what went well. Uh, I I did feel like you know even with the 1.5 PPR, four tight ends uh, that some did reach uh, for that uh, in terms of blind bidding. You know I think I you know I play quite a bit of leagues uh, every year. And every year, I mean, you have some people that blow their money right away, some that hold it. Uh, for me in the FB, or FFPC in, in my league this year, I actually had uh, about 500 bucks uh, left, and I actually spent a bunch on Jameis Winston and uh, Matt Bryant, who kind of laid an egg last night. But, um, no, I, I wouldn't say anything surprised me. I, it was very well run, and uh, I really in, enjoyed it so far. Let's, all the value they left oh, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, no question. 
Hey, do you remember how much, just offhand, John, do you remember how much you paid for Philip Lindsay early on in the season when you got him for blind bid? I mean, was it like two, three, four hundred dollars or, or was it more? Do you remember ballpark? No, I got him from cheap. Um, let me let me pull it up. I, it wasn't a lot. Yeah. Because uh, I remember yeah, that's funny. he was a guy. Yeah, he, he was a guy that uh, I don't re- I don't recall how it happened. He was either like second or third on my on my list, depending upon the week. Uh, but I know a website that I check out quite a bit was very high on Philip Lindsay, but I actually feel like I got him at a very good price. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about Lindsay. I saw him go for – usually it was in the 200 to 400 range, but he was going cheap. He did go, end up going cheap in some leagues. It's fluky sometimes. I, I paid it. This is awful. I shouldn't even be sharing this. Cause Let's I, hear it, Bobby. Uh, like, in at least two leagues, I, I know I paid more than 450 bucks for him. Yeah, but he's been great. He's I mean, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily regret it, but when you, I'm talking to a couple of sharks, they're like, oh, bulky. Yeah, you well, should have gotten for cheaper. I mean, you know, honestly. That, and, John, that is not how you sound, by the way. That, I was doing an impression of Dave. Right now, though, if you had a choice, if you knew what Lindsay produced, at this point, you'd probably be like 785 yeah. 800. Yeah. No, you're right. You're totally right. And I get that. It's just, um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, the, I think with Lindsay, he was a guy, he's one of those classic guys that I, for me, a, as a running back, um, looked at and I was like, is, is this guy really the real deal? You know what I mean? Like, is, is this, or is this just going to be a flash in the pan? And I was like, you know, I'm going to take the plunge on it. I bid on him, you know, everywhere. I got him in like, two, you know, probably three or four spots, two spots. I, I, you know, paid quite a bit for him. Um, and, and it's worked out and, and you're totally right. I, I think that's, that's the way to look at it. That obviously, you know, hindsight's 2020 and he's worth much more than $400 off the waiver wire now. Um, John, I, uh, I did get a couple of, uh, of emails from listeners that I want to get to here uh, and get your opinions on them. First one's from Pete in Orlando. He writes, uh, any insight on things changing before the season is over on Aaron Jones actually getting used for a full game and not completely ignored for a whole game or half? Thanks, John. That is Pete in Orlando. Thank you for the email, Pete. Uh, Aaron Jones, um, I, I don't know if you have him anywhere, John, but what are your thoughts on him uh, actually putting together a full game? And not necessarily a detriment to him. I, I, I think that he's just not being utilized as, as much as fantasy owners would like to see. Yeah, I, I, I like Aaron Jones. I don't think it's him. I think it's just a matter of, you know, the Packers using him. You know, didn't he have last week like two carries in the second half? It was bad. I think he I think he touched the ball three times in, in the second half. Um, Dave, do you remember what it was? No, but let me ask John two quick questions. Well, my goodness. First of all, Here we John, go. Are you a Packers fan? And second, are you one of the 85% of people that want to fire McCarthy? <laughs> go ahead. Answer quickly. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, over over Thanksgiving, I mean, that was pretty much the topic. You know, a lot of people stressed <laughs> out. Uh, you know, probably over eight uh, because of the the Packers struggles. Uh, but no, I I actually grew up a Raiders fan, um, so I'm a big Tecmo Super Bowl uh, fan. Yeah, uh, and somehow Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson, Jackson. Maybe, yeah, yeah. That that was that was my uh, my thing. But I I actually am not a big I like the Packers. I actually, uh, I'm more, I like college football. Uh, that's my favorite sport, but I, I feel like right now with the NFL, um, I'm more, you know, into players and, you know, my teams that I, I play. And for McCarthy, you know, I know a lot of people want him gone, 
you know, I think things between him and Rogers, it's kind of, you know, there's articles out there. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I he, He's won a Super Bowl, but he has had some, you know, things here recently that, you know, le- led to people wanting him to, to be fired. But I also think that some of the drafts leading up to this, to this year, um, they, they they do have a lot of depth concerns. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence with McCarthy. I really like him and uh, I think he's a good coach and uh, it, that's a tough call. I will say that if he is let go by Green Bay, he uh, if he doesn't want to be, he won't be unemployed for long. I, I'm sure there's uh, many a franchise out there in the NFL that would love to have him as a as a head coach going forward for sure. Um, yeah. Hey John, let me ask you this: as long as as long as uh, I have you, and I know that you're a big college football fan, and you're also a big dynasty player, are there any players that you've seen this season that you're excited about drafting in 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 the top half of dynasty drafts uh, this coming uh, this up, upcoming May? Yeah, all, all Notre Dame players. So <laughs> no, no, you don't want to don't want to do that. But um, yeah, I mean, that, you know, obviously you have. You know Metcalf from Ole Miss and Brown. Uh, I I'm not a I'm not a big fan of you know the the players coming out. You know obviously you have Harris from from uh, Alabama. You know the running back from Stanford. You know he struggled this year with injuries. Um, you know I really don't have. I mean I like Noah Font from Iowa, but I, I really Iowa, don't yeah. like this next class coming out. Uh, in terms of dynasty, so I've actually in the many of my leagues, dynasty wise, I've actually sold or traded my my first. Hmm, interesting. That's something I might have to look at doing, uh, Dave. Uh, in in uh, some of the leagues that we participate in, for sure. Uh, we just this this is the the hype hasn't quite started yet. Just wait. All right. The I, combine will be coming, then some guy will run a four three five and be like, holy crap! And I'll be fawning all over him, yeah. trading uh, all. Yeah, whatever. exactly. He's the greatest thing since Jesus Christ himself. <laughs> everything like that. Right. Uh, one more email here yeah. for you, John Walton Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm scuffling with my second flex this weekend. Do I go Kiki QT? <clears throat> excuse me. At home on Monday night against the Titans, or do I keep Marquise Goodwin in the starting lineup at Tampa? Need the win to gain an upset into my FPC title game. That is the uh, email from Walt in Pittsburgh. Thanks so much, Walt. Uh, I just did see right before I went on the air, Pierre Garçon is expected to miss this game against uh, the 49ers as well. But if you had your choice, uh, QT versus the Titans or Marquise Goodwin uh, in Tampa, who would you be playing out of those two guys? Yeah, that's a tough one. I feel like you could flip a coin on that one. Uh, if it were me, I don't know if you could trust Goodwin. Uh, yes, he is explosive. He may, you know, end up with a 70-yard bomb. But if it were me, I'd probably go uh, Kuti. Dave, where do you fall in on that? If, uh, yeah, I mean, he, 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 he was great. QT was actually, if you look at him versus uh, Demarius Thomas, wasn't even a question who was the second receiver in that offense. QT had... I mean, he might have had double-digit targets. I feel like he had, like you said, John, like six or seven catches, something like that. Um, <clears throat> and Goodwin is kind of like, you know, Nick Mullins really loves throwing at George Kittle, and outside of him, I, I don't know who I, I would trust uh, in that offense. Dave, if you had to make that choice, QT versus the Titans or, or Goodwin against the Buccaneers and that <laughs> that hapless secondary, which one would you go with? I'd probably go with QT, actually, just because he's got some recent uh, some targets recently. And 
I think Goodwin was overrated. He was overdrafted. He was a fourth round pick in a lot of leagues, or fifth, or wherever he was taken. Colossal bust yep. for this year. I, I just, I, I don't, I just don't think he's all that great of a player in general. Else, so I would take QT there. Um, I uh, wasp guy in the chat room right now. Uh, he weighs in with his two cents. Don't get too QT with starts this week. Well crafted from our re- <laughs> resident resident Ivy League professor there, coming with uh, similar humor. Uh, as to your uh, your favorite local radio star, Eric Walkman. So I, I totally uh, I totally am with you uh, on that, uh, Kern, for sure. Dave, uh, John's been very gracious at this time. Can we ask him one more question? Yes, yeah, final question. Give us a guy that a lot of high-stakes players will be starting this week that should probably not be in their lineups, and also a sleeper that, uh, you know, they might be having on the bench, but he should, really should be started. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I actually uh, struggled with this. But, you know, A.J. Green was one of the guys that I thought – you probably want to stay on your bench. Uh, I actually have three guys that I wrote down that, I, you know, you can't you can't sit them, but I think that they may not post as much production as you would have thought. Uh, the three that I have is DJ Moore, uh, James White, and then Stephon Diggs. You know, I think if Jair Alexander is matched up with uh, Diggs, that could pose a problem. But, uh, you know, I know DJ had a big week last week. Uh, I think he could regress there. I hope he doesn't because I'm starting him. Uh, James White, he is, uh, based on the, how the game flows, they may not use him as much. I mean, so th- those are the three that I kind of struggled with, but you, I don't think you could bench them. Makes sense. Makes sense. And what about a uh, guy that everybody else thinks is junk, but you like? Yeah, I would say for this week with uh, Tannehill coming back, Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills, Boggy. Yeah, that's, that's Parker. That's for darn sure. Well, and, and like everybody's questionable in that Miami uh, receiving core right now. I mean, like Parker's questionable, Amendola's questionable, and Stills coming back with Tannehill. That's an interesting play. That's a good sleeper play, especially if you're struggling uh, this week with, you know, with, maybe you're missing Hill or Watkins or or Conley or Cup or Woods or you know um, the other guy uh, Cooks. I mean, everybody is is on by this week with the. With the Chiefs and Rams, you could certainly do worse. Uh, and we could have certainly done nothing but worse uh, tonight from a uh, fantastic interview with John Maris, the 14th place team in the Football Guys Players Championship. John, appreciate you uh, coming on the show tonight. And it's the portion of the show where Dave always makes fun of me saying, oh, you know, uh, Balky's going to say he's really secretly rooting for you to win the whole thing. But he says that to everybody. But I really mean it tonight. I would love to see the Football Guys title go to somebody right here in Appleton, Wisconsin, bring some notoriety uh, to Northeast Wisconsin. And, that, that, and, and by the way, we don't have to put one stamp on the check because it's not going very far. We'll walk it over to your house. We'll walk it over. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll do it that way. John, thanks so much. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays to you, my friend. And good luck uh, week 12 and the, and the rest of the way as well. All right. Thank you both. John Mayers, ladies and gentlemen, 14th place in the Football Guys Players Championship heading into uh, week, well, it is, we're in the midst of week 12 right now. When did the Saturday day game start? Do they start? They don't start next week already, do they? I don't think it's quite that early. I think, I'm guessing it's, I don't know for sure, I'm thinking it's week 15. I feel like it's the week before Christmas. Okay. I know Christmas is always Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I think it is week 15. Christmas did you, comes a week early always. Yeah. Did you uh, also see that, um, um, the Saints have back-to-back Thursday games. They they played the the Thursday night game on Thanksgiving. They're, they and their played, opponents at Thursday also had played. Who are they playing? 
Uh, that I couldn't tell you. The, the team they're playing on Thursday also played this Thursday, so it's a. Oh, cool. it might be the Cowboys actually. Yeah, so they both played. So that was actually that's kind of good scheduling by whatever computer. Uh, just just the it is the Cowboys once again. The NFL getting it right, just like everything they do. They're you no, know, they're pretty outstanding. I think after the Ray Rice thing, once they did that, they did that right, and everything has been up uh, downhill, uphill. It's been some sort of hill since then. Did you read that article on Adrian Peterson? About how he's still hitting his kid with a switch? <laughs> no, I did not. Um, so, you know, I was reading this article and, and... You know, by the way, if he's still doing that, the first time or first few times didn't work. He's, the kid's still misbehaving. Well, he's how doing... talking to him? He's doing other stuff. He's manner. putting him on timeouts. He's making him do wall squats, I guess, now is another thing. What is this, the most misbehaved child? Um, well, he's got several kids. Um, but oh, he, no kidding. Yeah. I heard he had a lot. Uh, he does. Um... But, you know, I was reading this article, I can't remember if it was on Bleacher Report or something, but he was talking about how the whole process of how he got in trouble for this. And I, I honestly, I'm, as I'm reading him, his quotes on this, I honestly believe that he didn't think he was doing anything wrong or that bad. Oh, I'm sure he did. I mean, that's how he was raised. Right. And so then when he saw this backlash and he saw, you know, he's talking to people about this, um, he's, and he, his quote in the article was, I will never use a switch again. And he didn't say, I'm not going to discipline my kid physically he said i will never use a switch again okay whatever well then at the very end of the article it goes on and, and there's another quote from him like yeah that's true that i, I don't use a switch nine times out of ten and I'm, <laughs> that's pretty funny come on dude like oh man yeah, good for him. stick with your stick to your gun yeah well he's <laughs> sticking with the switch as it were uh, I want to thank football guys, Roto Roto Pass and Rob for tonight's rundown. David and Joku Dave is questionable for this weekend against the Bengals, according to Nate Ulrich on Twitter. And Joku, uh, the last few weeks it's been the same thing for him, where he gets uh, a limited practice uh, on Friday. He's listed as questionable, but then he is active for the game on Sunday. Sounds like he's going to play, Dave. But the question for me is, is he still a guy that you'd want to trust? I mean, 10% target share. Since the offensive coordinator switch uh, from Todd Haley to Freddie Kitchens, I mean, I, I, I don't. I, I'd rather play Cameron Braid over him at this point for sure. Um, there might be some other guys out there that I like better than Njoku uh, this week. Yeah, me too. Me too. Actually, you know, I'm just hoping I don't have. You know, I just hope I don't have Njoku as like the only guy in some dynasty league, and I don't have anybody else. The waivers are over, and then all of a sudden he's inactive. It's getting. A, it happened with uh, Gronk once or twice this year. It's really annoying to give a zero. No question Jack Doyle over him. No question Rob Gronkowski over him. Um, well, maybe a little bit of question there. I, we, we got some more Gronk stuff we're going to get to later on in the show. Um, but uh, Jared Cook, would you play Jared Cook over David Njoku? I think I would, even against Baltimore across country. Yeah, Cook, I guess. You know, it's like stupid Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's, I know we're kind of doing a weird, would you rather here, but if you had the opportunity, would you play Vance McDonald at the Broncos or would you play David Njoku? McDonald's been fairly consistent targets. Plus he's got big guns. So I would, I would go with the McDonald's. I wouldn't, I'm leaning towards Njoku. That's sort of the cutoff for me. Um, it, what about Eric Ebron and his three routes run per game? Well, if Njoku's active, I'm sorry, Njoku. Okay. Ebron. Right. Ebron is not to be trusted. Yeah. Smoke and mirrors. Yeah, pretty it, much. It's only going to – he's like – it's really annoying. I mean, the guy's awesome yeah. when, he, when he gets thrown to. And he's, they put him in there like, you know, 15, 20 snaps a game. It's like, you know, somebody treat this guy properly and he'll get 215 fantasy points every year. He plays on that team in Indianapolis with Frank Reich where he loves to use that, that double tight end set. Um, so I, I think that's uh, 
you know, that's that's a it's a curse and a benefit right now for Ebron. Right now, it's more of a curse. Jeff Zrebic on Twitter uh, stated that Ravens coach uh, John Harbaugh confirmed Lamar Jackson will indeed be the starter against the Raiders this week. Joe Flacco is going to need at least one more week to uh, get back from that hip injury he sustained. He did not play or he did not throw the football much last week, did Lamar Jackson, but 26 carries for 119 yards against the Bengals. He gets another great matchup this week, Dave. You got to love Lamar Jackson um, uh, going up uh, against the Raiders this week. I think he's a, he's not a must start, but for anybody who waited on quarterback or if you've been streaming quarterbacks, he makes a lot of sense, dude, as a starter. He does, actually, and he's got a super high floor. He's, he, plus, if you're watching the game, if you have somebody to take it, it'd be fun to watch. I would enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I, I saw him terrorize Florida State a couple of years. That was enough for me. Um, he, uh, he, I, I'll, I'll pitch this to you, Dave. Would you play Lamar Jackson or Big Ben at Denver? Big Ben. Because I have that, I have that decision in two leagues to make this this week, and I are I have Roethlisberger in there right now, but I've been contemplating Lamar Jackson. I mean, you, okay, a person with you have to just you know take a couple steps back. You look too closely at it, and it's like okay, a person with one career start who could have, you know, he could be god awful this week. We don't know. I mean, we don't know how good he is. Big Ben, a possible Hall of Fame quarterback with Super Bowl victories. I mean, he's a Big Ben is a phenomenal quarterback for fantasy. He really, truly is. On the road in in the mile high. He's city. awesome. Yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson going against the last week. Big Ben had zero fans. I've said this before. Zero fantasy points at the half. He was terrible. Right. And you know he's thrown to Antonio Brown. He's got Connor. He's got Juju Smith-Schuster, Vance McDonald. Uh, he's got you know the the white dude Switzer's in there running around catching passes. I mean, he's got a ton of cards, and he's a, he's a great great quarterback. I'm going, have, I'm going to have the court reporter read something back to you that you just stated, and it said, Big Ben is a phenomenal, fantastic fantasy quarterback. Yeah. He is a Hall of Fame quarterback, and he had zero points at the half last week. The, the thing is, that was so funny, is because you were swearing at him up and down, like zero points at the half, and he scored 27. Who can score 27 fantasy points in a half at quarterback? Big Ben can. Who throws for – Lamar Jackson. Every once in a while, who throws for 450 yards and 470 you – know, only seriously, yeah. even when you look at Andrew Luck and all the other guys like Brady, Brady doesn't throw for 470 no. yards and shoot up. Big Ben up. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a good point. You've sold me. I, I'm keeping Roethlisberger in there. Uh, keeping it on the Ravens tip, Alex Collins came back to practice uh, today. He had a foot injury, and uh, I don't know if it was maintenance or, or what have you, but he's good to go against Oakland. We um. We he also uh, drained the gas out of the car of Gus Edwards, so he's. <laughs> Hoping he doesn't make it to the stadium. Yeah, well, you know, Gus Edwards is a north-south runner. So as long as he doesn't have to turn, he'll get to the stadium just fine. Um, Listen, what do you think about – I I don't know if you said this on the air. I was reading this in the chat, but if you had the decision between Edwards and Collins this week, who would you be playing? Edwards. Edwards, no question. After last week's performance? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a hot-hand theory, and it doesn't seem like Collins is catching much love. Coach likes him, likes uh, Edwards, so. Okay. A person we've never heard of or talked about until last week. Did you get him in any leagues this week? I think one. I got – It is inadvertently, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> well, most of my leagues, I don't have any money left. So right. I just tossed up bids, you know, tell wherever I can figure, you know, get something and got him in one. I have two Gus Edwards stories here. I'm <laughs> – but happened, everyone, everyone cares. It happened on the Wild West waiver wire on Wednesday night. I did not get Gus Edwards in any league, Dave. Not one. I bid on him in every single one. Not, like you, I did not have a lot of money left. I would have got him in one league because I bid $38 on him, and he went for 10 And I said, well, what in the hell? And I said, it would have exceeded my bidding cap. 
And I realized that was the league I had. Um, Alex Smith is my only quarterback. Oh, yeah. And I bid 38 bucks on Jameis Winston as well. I only had $40 left to spend. That's and I, I had to get one of them, so I got Winston. Next time I spend for Winston, $2. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Um, in another league, I had like 600 some dollars. This is a, a Kentucky um, main event where it's the opening league playoffs, right? Yeah, and your team was so awesome, you needed to bid anyway. I did need to because my quarterbacks always suck. Oh. My quarterbacks this week, you guessed it, Mitch Trubisky and Matthew Stafford. I'm like, I need an upgrade here. Right. This, is, this is not going to get it done. So I bid like 500 some dollars. I, I think this is oh, you have both oh my those goodness. Spent. I'm sorry to interrupt. You have both. Uh, yeah, I didn't, play, I, didn't play, I didn't play either one of them. Right. I played this guy. I bid like 500 some dollars on Jameis Winston, and I, I got him. Next closest, <laughs> no kidding. Next closest bid was like 100 some dollars. That's pretty good, then. But, but the thing is, like, there was other people in that league with skin in the game that had more money than me. Mm-hmm. So I, I, and I was like, well, they could probably spend on, like, Gus Edwards or whatever and then still screw right. me over on Winston. So right. I wanted to make sure I got Winston. And I didn't get Edwards in that league either because I overspent on, uh, on Winston so much. Here's a trivia question for you, which you're about to say the answer to. Okay. Which quarterback duo has wasted the most waiver dollars this entire this entire season? Tampa Bay. Yeah, exactly. With idiots, Fitzpatrick and Winston. Oh, 80 bucks on Fitzpatrick. Oh, 150 on Winston. You know, back and forth, back and forth every other week. There is one league in Kentucky where I started off one and six, and I've been um, just playing the quarterback roulette between those two guys. <laughs> I, like, I'm the one who, who wins them every single week. <laughs> You're the only one who wants them. I, yeah, because I'm the only one who needs them. Everybody else was smart about quarterbacks, and I wasn't. <laughs> and I, I ended up finishing the league five and six. I obviously missed the playoffs. And you I were like, rostering like Ty Montgomery but, instead of keeping both quarterbacks. Well, that was, that was the league I got. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Thanksgiving hangover, apparently. Um. That was the league I took Le'Veon Bell early, and I didn't get Connor. Like, Connor went like, – he was going typically at that point – because this was like three weeks before the season started. Mm-hmm. Typically, he was going in like round 15, round 16. I was going to take him in like round 12, and he went in like round 10. Yeah. So I was kind of ticked off about that, and that just kind of screwed my team over. Yep. But in that league, um, I feel like if I wasn't blowing all my money on Tampa quarterbacks every other week, I might have been able to get somebody worth their salt <laughs> right. and, and made a decent run in that league. And instead, I start off one and six, and I can never recover. Oh, that's too bad. Nobody cares. Let's move on to Carolina. Devin Funches is uh, doubtful for Week 12 against Seattle, according to Bill Voth on Twitter. Uh, Funches did not practice this week with a back issue. So as you would say, Dave, he is out on Sunday. Ron Rivera said that he felt quote, pretty confident Torrey Smith would be back in the lineup. Uh, this is all good news for DJ Moore, maybe some good news for Curtis Samuel as well. What do you like about, or what do you think about DJ Moore here uh, as a uh, as a potential start in the league playoffs? I like DJ Moore. I think he's going to have a solid game. Uh, I think he's a super talented player, as we all know. Uh, I think he's going to have a great game. And uh, without Funch, without, I mean, were you, is that, was that sort of your opinion before you knew Funches was going to miss? I mean, is it improved at all now that you it know does, that? Yeah, it does improve. It opens up some targets. I mean, Funches had five targets and, what, four drops last week. It was pretty awful watching him play football. Maybe he's one of those guys who has this phantom injury because, I mean, it's like he's been playing so poorly. It's like, hey, why don't you, uh, why don't you sit this one out? Uh, so I, I think Moore's going to have a, a pretty good game. Oddly enough, uh, my buddy Leroy was over for Thanksgiving, and I helped him. We were talking live decisions for he, he and Kurt's team, and uh, – he started Ridley over DJ Moore, who also was in the group chat or whatever, and that worked out really well. So, I mean, as much as I like Moore, Ridley worked out great for uh, yeah. Leroy. So yeah, no, no, yeah, totally. Good call on, on that. 
Um, Rotopass, uh, thanks to this stat, to them for this stat. But over the past four games, both Funches and Moore have each had 21 targets. So that should mean a bigger target share for DJ Moore coming into the Seattle game. Again, not the greatest matchup in the world, but certainly not it's a the home worst. game, though. So it's not the yeah. worst. It's fine. Mari Cooper, holy cats! Eight catches, 180 yards, and two touchdowns. No, that was not his season stat line from last year. That's what he did against Washington yesterday. Mari Cooper got a ton of targets ever since Oakland uh, got the first-round pick in exchange for him from Dallas. Uh, I'm just curious, Dave, is this because we've seen this song and dance before with Amari Cooper where he has the big blow-up game and then he proceeds to disappear for a month. Your thoughts on Amari Cooper the rest of the way after this game? Well, you know, if you watch, the, if you watch those two touchdowns, they were, they were nice plays by him, I will grant you that. Also, like, two or three defensive players, like, just kind of fell over, like, during the like, – Yeah. They ceased to, to make efforts attacking him or whatever happened. They were both long touchdowns, but they weren't – you know, it wasn't like a Tyree Kill touchdown where all of a sudden, like, he's, like, five yards open downfield. It was like he was caught and just – I don't know. They just fell over or whatever. I mean, granted, he did break the tackle. Two CBs fall down. Yeah, kind of like, yeah, back in the day with Steve Smith and uh, Carolina against the Bears in the Super Bowl. But, uh, you know – I don't think he's going to – I mean, that's a killer game. He's not going to crush it for 38 points going forward. But he's going to consistently get himself 7 to 10 targets a game. Yeah, it is nice to see the targets uh, that he's getting in Dallas now. It also helps when you have an owner like Jerry Jones give up something as valuable as a first-round pick. You know that I – w- I was saying this. I can't remember what show I said this on, but like, you know behind the scenes that he is secretly telling the wide receivers coach, uh, Scott Linehan and Jason Garrett, right. everybody down there is like, but we have got to get the ball into Amari's hands more. Yep, you know, sure. I, like I, And that is going on. There's know. no one else to throw it to either. Michael Gallup? Like I said. <laughs> and that, and then that Terrence per, Williams? The perpetual tease at tight end and every Rico gathers, they should just cut Jeff him. Swaim? You got a problem with Jeff Swaim? He's out this week. By the way, I picked up in a few leagues, and I see this big O next to his name. Oh, I didn't realize he's out. Yeah, at least that cost only a dollar. Yeah. And then in Kentucky, I can't cut him because, you know, he played. Or didn't play. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. That is frustrating. Anyway. Uh, let's move on to, uh, to fantasy feedback here, Dave, uh, and get to some emails from the listeners. First one's from Andy in Rudy, South Carolina. Dear Jim and Bernie, am I – oh, you know what? This is great because I think Kern asked this same question in the chat room earlier. Am I overthinking this? It seems obvious that I should go with Russell Wilson this week, but Baker Mayfield keeps looking better to me as the week goes on. What do y'all think? Love your podcast and the Rotoviz show with Balky is great too. Oh, thank you so much, Andy. Very, very polite of you to say. Uh, very cordial. And uh, thank you for the email. Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield. Russell Wilson is going to Carolina, Dave, and Baker Mayfield is taking on the Bengals this week on the road in the Emerald City. And you have, you have to start Russell Wilson. I mean, he's like an awesome player. He is like an awesome player. I mean, but Mayfield I mean, is a rookie quarterback. It's not even like a question. I think, it, I think it's somewhat of a question. All right. I got um, five on LA, four fantasy points. Four? Sure, four. That's, That's all that a question is? Only five. <laughs> I wasn't going to bet on this, but in the spirit of betting. Um, all right. Football guys, I, by the way, has the difference between the two of uh, 0.4 points. Oh, well, then I got to make this bet. <laughs> I got plus I'll, I'll five on. I, what? I'll be stupid. I'll bet five right. on Russell Wilson. I, minus five fantasy points. I got five on Baker Mayfield in week 12, plus five fantasy points. I got so. five on. So Mayfield plus five. By the way, if you uh, noticed, the board got updated last week. Um, I was just trying to do one. Okay, well, whatever. 
Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, on HSFFOR.com. Uh, oh, against Atlanta's god-awful pass defense last week, Mayfield crushed it. He did have three touchdowns, but he threw for a whopping 20 attempts. Yeah. 17 of 20. Yeah. They let him throw 20 times, Bucky. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. But how many times did they let him run it? Uh, six for 20 yards. And that's the difference. <laughs> Between Russell. <laughs> I don't know, man. Luke in Fayetteville, North Carolina. What's up, Dizzle and Bizzle? What's your read on Doug Baldwin? If you think he's good enough for a full target share, then I'll bench lock it. Otherwise, I'm considering Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Jackson. I uh, believe that Doug Baldwin is going to not play this week, although Pete Carroll says he's a game-time decision. He did not practice at all this week. Uh, so he's probably out. Tyler Lockett becomes the de facto number one. Do you like um, Court, Dave Cortland Sutton is um, is taking on the God? I just how do I always Pittsburgh. okay Pittsburgh? Yes, thank you. So, at home. so he's got Pittsburgh at okay. home. Deshaun Jackson is taking on the Niners at home, and then of course uh, Tyler Lockett goes to Carolina. Would you play either Sutton or Jackson over Lockett, knowing that Lockett is probably going to be the number one? Um, target uh, in that offense. I kind of like Deshaun Jackson this week, actually. And uh, what's his name? Sutton. Huh? Did Sutton. You, you said Deshaun Jackson. Well, Sutton. He, his other options are Sutton and Jackson. Yeah, I like Jackson. I think the best, honestly. Uh, out of Sutton, Jackson, and and Lockett. Yeah. Uh, Mike Evans is paired up against a, a not a shutdown corner, but a semi a, a quality corner. Richard Sherman, right? Uh, you know, I, I, don't, they're I don't the Niners. Yeah, they're playing the Niners, so I'm sure it'd be Richard Sherman. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's Richard, Richard Sherman. Yeah. Sherman yeah. So the the Roto World update was that uh, Jackson has a chance for a big week 12. He also is getting he's consistently getting 78 targets a week, so I I feel alright about DJs. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I I, don't really, I can't trust Sutton quite yet. I'm sorry. That's fine. Um, I uh, I was actually leaning towards Lockett uh, out of the three. I still like him best, uh, but it is razor thin. That's fine. It makes sense. Um. And I don't feel confident like any of those guys could could clearly blow up. So, um, or they could all be. Or they could all suck. Uh, Dan in Oak Brook, Illinois. I can't believe this is even an option for the Packers, but it seems like Jimmy Graham could actually play in a must-win game for the Packers and me in fantasy. Yeah, I'm glad I cut him a couple weeks. Is he worth waiting around on? Otherwise, I could play Seals, Jones, Goddard, or Dave's buddy James O'Shaughnessy. TIA, <laughs> Dan in Oak Brook, Illinois. Dave, your uh, your thoughts here on Jimmy Graham? Mike McCarthy came out today and said that Graham actually looked pretty good with this. He has an appendage, I believe they called it, a, a, or some some sort of apparatus attached to his thumb. He looked good catching balls. I don't know how he's going to block with it, quite frankly, uh, but it sounds like he is going to give it a go on Sunday night. But if he doesn't play, you're kind of screwed. Um, you're, you're probably not going to have Kyle Rudolph as an option. I don't know if you want to pick up a guy like Lance Kendricks. Um, and it's, you know, Johnny Smith might be available in some leagues on, on Monday night. Um, but so is I, there a question or what do you say? So the question is, is J- question? J- Jimmy Graham, is he worth waiting on with his other options are Seals, Jones, Goddard and O'Shaughnessy? I'd probably start Seals, Jones. Over, over Graham. Yeah, Goddard, you can't start Goddard. You really probably shouldn't start O'Shaughnessy. He didn't really do much last week. Okay. And, uh, I, Seals Jones gets some targets. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean... I mean, Graham, by the way, even when he's healthy. When he, ends, when he has Graham two, I was just going to say that. Graham, when he's had two healthy thumbs, hasn't, uh, hasn't been all that great. Uh, so, yeah, you make a good point. I know it's a serious, like, who gives a crap? If you can get three catches for 40 yards, you're, you're, you're praying, you're happy, unless you have, you know, the good guys, the, the three or four good players. Right, yeah. Um, let's move on and go to Jeff 
in Cuyahoga. No, this is not. Who the heck is this? This is Oh, this is Jeff in Cleveland. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, this is going to be a good one. With nearly a full season under their belts, would you change the order in which the rookie receivers oh, good question. were drafted this past offseason in Dynasty? That is Jeff in Cleveland. It's just for Dynasty purposes. Yeah. So now I, I, what I did was, uh, thanks to our, our good friend Darren Armani at FantasyMojo.com, I went and looked at um, uh, what the order was for FFPC rookie drafts to see what the order the receivers were in. Yep. And I have the top 16 here. I don't know if we, you want to go. 16. Okay, we don't have to go that deep. How deep do you want to go? Ooh, how about right. the ones that are making an impact? Okay. DJ Moore was number one. <laughs> okay. Cal- Calvin Ridley was two. Yep. Uh, Christian Kirk, uh, Cortland Sutton, and Michael Gallup. Those are your top five in the Sutton. FFPC. All right, hang on a second. And then he's okay. So we also QT's in the mix somewhere there, right? Yeah, he was number thirteen. Thirteen. Who else is uh, doing anything? Uh, the only other guys I would I I think are worth bringing up. Sharks Ant- doing next to nothing. Yeah, Anthony Miller at six. Yeah, Miller's doing something. Uh, Traquan Smith at nine. Yeah. And um, I would say that's it. Marcus Valdez Scantling obviously is is on here somewhere, but he was not in the top sixteen. Okay. So, so. How would, would you change anything here? Uh, yeah, I think I would. <laughs> all right, let's hear it, Dave. If you, if you were looking at, if all the receivers were available to you um, uh, and you had the opportunity to draft whichever one you wanted, who would it be right now? You know, I, I, I don't think this is going to be the opinion everyone else shares, and that's okay. Uh, but I would still take DJ Warner. Okay, all right. I, I don't think that's, I, I think that's fine. I think you know it's very close with Ridley. I think Ridley's to- Ridley's totally outperformed my expectations. I think he's still Julio, and I think he's still Julio for a couple more years on that team. And I I think that DJ Moore is going to establish himself as the alpha top dog in uh, Carolina as soon as this week and for right. sure next year. And one of the other things to consider is age here. Remember, DJ Moore just turned 19 years old, and Calvin Ridley will he's be not 19. Yeah, he is, and he, Calvin. No, he's not. Yeah, yeah, yes. Calvin Ridley will turn 34 in January. Your so I say, I, I think Ed, listen, that they're they're not jokes when they're facts, my friend. So that is the that is the frustrating thing to see. So clearly, <clears throat> clearly, Dave. He's only 21, DJ Moore. Yeah. Clearly, Dave, you are of the opinion that Calvin Ridley would be number two for you. Yeah, Ridley's been fantastic. All right. So of the next guys, is there anybody that stands out? Is it Cortland Sutton? Does he move ahead of Christian Kirk? Yeah, I would have Sutton there. I mean, you know, they cleared, cleared room for him by getting rid of Demarius Thomas. So I think yeah, Sutton's the guy I would have to put there. Would you take Anthony Miller ahead of Kirk and or Gallup? Yeah, I was thinking about that, and then Traquan Smith is in the Yeah, that's the other guy too, I was going to so. ask you about. I would actually probably have Traquan Smith 4 and Miller 5 right now. So you would go Moore, Ridley, Sutton, Smith, number 4? And then Miller. And then Anthony Miller, 5, okay. But, you know, MVS and QT and Kirk are all interesting. Right, that, that's... And it's just kind of a big mix. Then it kind of gets mixed up. What, where does QT fit in? Is he, is he number 6 for you, number 7? Because he's the only other guy. And then Marcus Valdez-Scantling's got to be 8 or 9, I would imagine. You know, I might actually have Scandling as seven. I think I might put Kirk six, to be honest. I might okay. put Scandling seven. I just, because he's got the prototypical size versus QT still a slot player, so I, I, I just don't know. I mean, so I, I think through this exercise, well, there's a little bit of jostling. I, mean, I don't know what there. is with my freaking voice tonight. Hey, well, you're on the radio. Hang on, I'm sorry. <clears throat> yeah, that didn't help matters. Um so the, through this exercise, the big the big mover was Traquan Smith. I, I mean, think, yeah. I, I, there's a little bit of jostling here, but Smith was the big mover. 
Yeah, I think so. But I mean, I think if you took more or Ridley, you'd be pretty happy. If you took Kirk, you're not like mad or anything like right. that. But it, you know, because the quarterback play hasn't been good. But you you look three years in the future, and you know, Cam Newton's gonna be around. Matt Ryan will probably still be around. But then Josh Rosen might be a star. Probably could be. And I still like Sutton too. I mean, and I know. Smith, who's gonna be the quarterback there? It won't be Drew Brees for you. Yeah, it'll be uh, Taysom Hill probably <laughs> running the running the triple option down in New Orleans. Buckle up for that. Hill Hill Kamara and Ingram all in the same back. Actually, Ingram won't be there anymore, but. Uh, let's get to one final email here before we sign off tonight, before my voice goes to complete shit. Cole in San Francisco. Hi, Balky and Dave. He may be back this week, but with Tom Brady banged up and his previous performances this year, I have serious misgivings about starting Gronk in my FPC playoffs. My other three options this week are Cook, Rudolph, and Brate. What would you do? Uh, it's Cole in San Francisco. I think Cole has a couple of flexes here that are worth talking about in a tight end premium format. He obviously loaded up on tight ends. I don't know if he drafted Braid or if he got him off the waiver or what have you. But if you have Gronk, Cook, Rudolph, and Braid, how are you ranking those guys this week, Dave, in, in order that you would start them? Is Gronk still one for you? Yeah, I think you have to, I have to roll Gronk out there if he's starting. Okay. You know, Tom Brady did not practice today. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Yeah, you got, you got a DNP at practice, and Gronk was limited. Uh, you know, <laughs> Belichick got to play his – now, for what it's worth, they are at the Jets this week, and Belichick has a bit of a history with that franchise. So think, maybe that's think, exactly what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, I think Brock and Brady will be out there. I think he'll be all right. Okay. So then it was uh, Cook, who else? Cook, Great, and Kyle Rudolph. Rudolph, I'm going to put a distant fourth. He wow. so irritating. He barely is targeted. He had two catches for 13 yards. Rudolph is a hot mess. He's garbage. Forget yeah. it. Fourth. Uh, then I would actually uh, I'd look at Brady because I think the team is going to score more points. And uh, Cook, while he's arguably pretty talented, and, uh, he's had some good games early in the season. He hasn't been all that hot lately. So I'd go Brady, then Cook, then Rudolph. That's my opinion. Also, we have to discuss Melvin Gordon before we sign off. Yeah, we, that's fine. Um, Brady, uh, to me, and Gronk, I think in, in, if you own him in, in uh, the FFPC, I think you got to find a spot for both of them in your lineup. And if you have Cook, I would strongly consider him as well. I'm with you on Rudolph. Um, Melvin Gordon. Uh, I just read about his uh, practice today, or lack thereof, as it were. He's in practice today? <clears throat> I'm checking it oh, right sorry. now because I totally forgot uh, what it was. Melvin Gordon, um, I'm going to Roto World right now here. Our, <laughs> our good friends at Roto World, Dave. Um, Melvin Gordon, uh, game time decision, and he was limited in practice Thursday, limited on in Friday. Now, it sounds like... It, you know, if I was a betting man, I would say he plays. Um, I am not always a successful betting man, bear that in mind, but I think he's out there. It would really help me if he is not out there because I'm playing against him in two Kentucky semifinals where the owner has him going. The Chargers, Dave, this week uh, are surprisingly playing a home game at 1 o'clock, which is kind, really good for kind of weird, yeah. Um, it's good for any, you know, any Melvin Gordon owners out there. They are hosting the Cardinals. They may not necessarily, quote-unquote, need Gordon to beat Arizona this week, but it, you know, they, it, a win would certainly help them in, in trying to get a bye in week one of the playoffs in the AFC. My guess is that he goes, but obviously you know, you're going to have to wait this one out until 1130 Eastern on, on Sunday morning to find out if he's out there. If he's active, you're playing him. I don't think that's a question. Yeah. I, to me, I can't, it's hard to really, 
It's a, they're a big favorite, like thirteen point favorites. So I I think that might influence it, but uh, I think he I, I think he does play. Actually, I think he does too. Reason. He may not though. Well, yeah. What would be perfect in in my perfect world is if Gordon is out there and they get up like fourteen or seventeen nothing right away on like behind like a, a Gates touchdown and like a Keenan Allen touchdown or something like that, and Gordon never really gets into it. Um, which I think, I, I mean, this is a bulky dream scenario here. I think he's going to be heavily involved in the offense if he plays. Um, but if you're, if he's active, you're playing him, and uh, we'll see what happens. I, I don't have any other insight into it to, you know, other than that, but uh, he is going to be going at 1 o'clock, so that helps those Melvin Gordon owners out for sure. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, this is going to do it for our uh, special Thanksgiving episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I want to thank... John Mayers, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. And a special happy birthday to the real Leroy. I don't think we've mentioned that until oh, the end of the right. show. Yeah. Oh. Happy birthday, Leroy. Good luck to you in your, uh, in your leagues this week. Congrats on the Ridley start uh, last night. You've got to be uh, feeling good after that. Happy birthday, buddy. We love you. We'll be back next week at uh, 10, 9 Central, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, with uh, with another guest, we'll, uh, it'll be cha- league championship weekend in the main event in the Football Guys Players Championship. Good luck in Week 12 getting there in the main event in the FPC and enjoy all of the games. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, we're very thankful that you continue to listen to this show, download, stream, hang out in the chat room. Uh, thanks so much, guys. We, we really appreciate it. Um, and, and I don't say that enough. So thank you so much, and of course, as always, your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. About to call your ass over, I got somewhere to be. I hear fairy tales about how they gon' run up on me. Well, run up when you see me, then we gon' see. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of this energy, trying to take away. All right, so there's some discrepancy of when the Chargers actually play. Now I, I go to a different site and it's saying that they have the four o'clock game. Which is, even, which is even worse. So according to Google, uh, yeah, according to Google, they play at 4.05, which I thought that was weird because the, the schedule I was looking at only had two late games. And I was like, why would they only have two late games? So that actually makes more sense. So now you will have a decision to make. Uh, but Dave, like you always say, pay attention to those early morning reports because you can usually read something in between the lines and find out to get a good handle if he's playing or not. True. All right. All right. Well, good luck on Melvin Gordon. Except for the two guys I'm playing in Kentucky. Looking at you, Craig Campbell. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Talk to you next week, everybody.